Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 17 of License to Car Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Gekiso Sentai Car Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listener. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how are you doing today? Oh, doing pretty well. Cool. Had cool. a lovely day. Didn't go to Ikea, so... I mean, in that sense, the day was kind of wasted. Well, I mean, Dave, there, there is not an Ikea in our city, so I feel like that is your natural state, is not going to Ikea. Well, Hopefully yeah, you do you not feel that. like every day is a waste. Well, yeah, you say that, but uh, we did go to Ikea last weekend, and man, gosh, I like Ikea. I mean, it's good. It is. We can talk more about Ikea later. I don't know if there's enough jokes about it. But I just really like Ikea. That's it. It's the meatballs, really. Anyways, no, I had a lovely day. <laughs> um, we went to the beach. We went to the Botanical Gardens. Who was the Botanical Gardens? Have you gardens? ever been there? You know, Dave, I have lived in Cleveland almost my entire life. I have never been to the Botanical Gardens because... Yeah, same, the bota- same until today. It's great. The Botanical Gardens you should go. are across the street from the Art Museum, and the Art Museum is free. So anytime that I'm right there, I'm just going to the Art Museum. Oh, yeah. Well, no, that makes sense. Uh... Anyway, Dave, I'm very excited to talk to you today about episode 17 of Gekiso Sentai Car Ranger. It is called Wearing Authority Head-On Collision. And Dave, I'm doubly excited because we have a guest this week to talk about the episode with us. Uh, yeah, joining welcome. Us, joining us this week is Jake Mason from the Morphin Grid, etc. Hello. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Hey, Jake. Now, uh, Jake, you are with us this week because the episode of Turbo that is adapted from this is a particular favorite of yours. Am I not? Am I wrong? Uh, no, no, you are correct. This, it, I joke that it's my favorite episode of Power Rangers, and I'm not sure how sincere the joke <laughs> is or not. <laughs> well, I, I hope that this one uh, in, in some way lives up to your expectations. Uh, it was written by Yoshio Urasawa. The original air date was June 21st, 1996. If you would like to watch along with us, you can do so on the DVDs or at shoutfactory.tv. But before we get into that, guys, as always, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. Uh, Jake, since you are our guest this week, what is our first star of the week? Uh, First star of the week is the Shonen Jump app from the Shonen Jump Magazine? I'm not 100% sure what it used to be. I don't know. It is an app now with a bunch of manga on it. Okay. It's, oh, uh, wait. So there is... I was going to say, like, what I mean, it's a, before it was a magazine, like a tree, I would imagine. Yeah, so you're uh, saying yes, the Shonen Jump magazine no longer exists? I think it does. I, I know it existed digitally before they launched the app where you could you know subscribe for however much or for it was like a dollar 75 a month and you would get like the magazine and you could look at it or you know and read it and read all the you know the manga that yeah yeah yeah. comes out you know monthly or weekly or however often uh now it's an app so for two dollars a month you get access to literally everything they've ever published which is a lot lot. as i found out yeah shonen shonen jump has been around for ages 
Yeah, uh, I am. I so when I, I first got it when it launched in uh, either December or November, I caught up with uh, My Hero Academia. I was uh, I was staying with the manga with the show, and then season three ended, and I felt a big hole in my life. So I was like, well, good thing this is here, and I just caught up with it. Um, that was like a hundred or so chapters. Now I'm reading Naruto. Um, well, that's gotta keep you busy for the next decade. Well, that's what I was hoping. I've been <laughs> I've been reading it for about two months, maybe maybe almost three months, and I am halfway done of the seven hundred chapters. Holy uh, cow! Because it's it's very easy to just like, okay, there I finished a twenty page comic book, and I hit a button, and the next one comes to me, and then you just keep doing that on your lunches and your breaks at work, and you know you get three hundred fifty uh, chapters in yeah, Naruto well, real yeah, quick. Yeah, well, you know I. I do do the same thing with like uh, Marvel Unlimited, which is you know which we have, and uh, yeah, you actually yeah. can plow through through continuity pretty quickly. So this is weird, and I feel like I should know this. Like this is like a real crack in my nerd bona fides, mm-hmm. which is I don't actually totally know like how Shonen Jump operates. Did they like they publish it every month, and is it just like a bound edition with like twelve different titles in it? Uh, yeah, it is. If you know sort of how 2000 AD operates, it is a uh, like yeah. it's a regularly yeah. published anthology series that gives you like the new chapter in a bunch of different series every time a new issue comes out. I think I'm saying this as though I've read Shonen Jump and I never actually has <laughs> or have rather. Uh, is that is that right, Jake? Do you know? Uh, for the most part, as far as I know, I didn't like I didn't read it before I got the app. Um, but I, I think the only correction I would make is that it comes out weekly because, um, they, they just don't stop over there. That's a lot. Wow. Yeah. That's every insane. week, every week there's a new, uh, chapter of my hero academia, which is, you know, between 15 and 22, 23 pages. So like, imagine if, and I can't, I, you know, I know that a lot of these comics came out by monthly for a long time, but like, Imagine a new Avengers every week. Just that's every week. What, just every single week. That's, that's what Shonen Jump does. There's no mm-hmm. color. So I think that takes a lot of time out, but still. That's a lot. Yeah, no, that is still pretty crazy. Um, man, and it's seriously $2 a month? $2 a month. It's the best $2 I spend every month. Uh, here's that what's is... up. I, I am looking at Wikipedia. For the first year of its operation, it was uh, every other week. and But... Since 1969, it has been a weekly publication. Wow. Gosh, golly. That's a lot of comic books. Yeah, two bucks a month. That, hmm. I don't know. I may have to investigate that. We'll see. Yeah, I'm also thinking about, I know that DC just uh, announced, or have they released yet? Like, the same thing with their stuff, which I've been waiting for Uh, because I like DC comics but never read them. Yeah, I think they have. I think it's it's up now. I think it's up and running. I'm not totally sure about that, but yeah. they went crazy. Like, cause they just did. They were just like, we have no comics. We have twenty one thousand volumes all ready to go right now, which yeah. I think really was the way to do it. And they have like TV shows that are also a part of the same thing. Yeah, apparently Brendan yeah. Fraser plays Robot Man in Doom Patrol. Yeah. I know, right? Fraser, Timothy Dalton back. is in I that. Love it. I'm very excited. Uh, anyway, that is all very exciting. Uh, speaking of comic book stuff, Dave, what is our second star of the week? 
Our second star of the week is, man, we can't let it pass by. We've got to talk about Avengers Endgame, however briefly. Right. Now, listen, this movie made like $1.2 billion over the first weekend worldwide. So chances are you have seen this movie. You've seen it. (laughs) Statistically, you've seen it twice. Um, <laughs> the biggest thing this uh, listen. It was a fantastic movie. It had some high spots. It had some low spots. Uh, I think my favorite part about it is is just when Hawkeye goes full DC. Like everybody else <laughs> is in a Marvel movie, and Hawkeye just decides he's going to flip universes for like half of this thing. Right. Yeah. Like Thanos, <laughs> he's just when, a DC character for twenty minutes. When Thanos snapped his finger, Hawkeye like everyone like half the people died, half the people stayed away, or alive rather, and Hawkeye just became a Suicide Squad. Yeah. yeah. Like he just went Green Arrow, and that was that. Um. Yeah. <laughs> um, my, yeah. Man. So that was my. I should say I need to give my, my wife came up with that joke, and I was I loved it so much I had to use it in the show. Man, my experience of going to see Endgame was very strange because I, uh, as I will talk about in the next star, uh, last weekend I went out of town and was hanging out with some college friends, including producer Mark and other people who have been on the show in the past. So I had not yet seen Endgame, but there was a movie theater near to the place where we were staying in like rural Pennsylvania, and the show started at nine forty-five. And so as soon as you and I, Dave, finished recording the previous episode of this show, I hopped in my yeah. car and just drove directly from my apartment to the movie theater in PA. And I arrived like <laughs> right as the movie was showing up, but or starting rather. And I was driving around because, you know, it's an unfamiliar territory. I'm like, okay, is this an right. AMC? Is this a Cinemark? What are we what are we looking for here? And I just almost drive past it because it's sort of back away in a plaza, and there's just one big marquee that says the movies. Because <laughs> <laughs> apparently, if you are sort of in that part of the in that part of the countryside, when you're heading out to the movies, you're just going to the movies. Yeah, there's not a lot of options out that way, I imagine. Uh, we were, the four of us were, uh, five of us, sorry, were the only people in the movie theater. Oh, nice. Which was so wow. great. Uh, yeah, it was a really wonderful experience. I am I mean, listen, I would have liked watching it in basically any experience because I liked the movie. But it was such like a weird Sort of like surreal moment that I just wanted to mention it. Uh, I saw yeah, it that at an is... Alamo Draft House, which is I, th- I think is maybe the best way to see movies now because no one's allowed to talk or else they get thrown out. Oh yeah, they've got like so a zero, and the food's good, and the food's really good. I had a Royale with cheese; it's very good. <laughs> that sounds very good. I have never been to an Alamo Draft House because there's not one here in town. And I do not uh, frequent places where they exist, but I would. But whenever I hear about one, I always get a little jealous. You, uh, yeah, they're real, real good. Like they're yeah. super, super good. There is Matt a spot that is now by me called Silver Spot. Beth went there, and it's like an Alamo Draft House, except the food is not as good. So, Ooh, but still apparently a very nice place. Well, I'm just saying, still <laughs> apparently a very nice place to see movies, though. But yeah, if you ever get a chance to go to an Alamo Draft House, go. Also get one of their milkshakes with beer in it. Sounds weird. Super delicious. They're, yeah, they're very good. Uh, there's also, like, there's the beer ones and the liquor ones. Um, they're all very good. Can't recommend. All right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Dave, what is our third star of the week? Oh, third star of the week is uh, so I was driving out in a on a road. Where, Which is the recommended place to drive. I was going to say that. I feel like that's the pretty the standard choice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, so I'm, I'm driving out on this road, um, kind of like out east of, of the city. And um, Cleveland, that is, not New York City, the city that I live in. Uh, and I just drive past this sign, and the sign just says, Mech Wanted. And <laughs> my, my first thought was like, yeah, you and you and me both, yeah, buddy. Like that would be totally rad. And then I kind of glanced at the rest of the sign and realized that it was an auto body shop. And what they actually meant was mechanic wanted. And my nerd brain, like all I saw was like, "What, like a giant robot?" And I was like, "Yeah, of course you would. They'd yeah. be great." Um, <laughs> but they don't. They just want it. And I, they probably would have. I don't know. Hit me with a wrench. If I try to make that joke, today, I, I, I from, do. From I do like the idea that the only reason that none of us have a mech is that we have it. We just haven't been industrious enough <laughs> to like make the sign. Just haven't asked. Yeah, just got to put it out. Listen, in the universe, man, if, that's the secret. I was going to say you put it up on your vision board and you just kind of put those vibes out into the universe. I don't even need then... a Gundam, man. Just give me a Leo. Give me an Aries. Don't give me just in anything. Don't give me a Pisces. The the, the fish the fish robots were weird, but the, yeah, no, the, the other one ones are cool. Weird. <laughs> I man, you know, I guess you never forget your favorite, your first like favorite mech. Uh, there is always a soft spot in my heart for Gundam Heavy Arms. That thing is so rad. Like I can still see, I can see it in my mind's eye so easily. Uh, the like the second round when like they get their second round of Gundams, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Then like the like there's a movie or something afterwards, and like Gundam Heavy Arms like does this like giant spinny flip and he like lands and both of his arms drop and he's got like twin Vulcan cannons on both arms and just starts mowing down other mechs. Yeah, um, Heavy Arms. It is custom. forever seared in my imagination. It, it's like <laughs> one of the coolest things I've ever seen in an anime ever. I, I really uh, like I, that when they upped when they uh, leveled up everybody's weapons in that show. What uh, what the Death Scythe got was his energy scythe now had like two levels of blades, as though it was like a fancy razor blade. Yeah, <laughs> for even closer death. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry, I'm watching it right now. It's so good. Yeah, Gundam Wing holds up, dude. So, well, anyways, I yeah, I, I this think the... of Power Rangers Megazords because I'm. I think I'm a little younger than both of y'all. Oh yeah, but I mean, come on, it's, it's all it's all good. Yeah, it's all. Listen, uh, I don't know that I've ever seen a giant robot that I didn't think was pretty awesome fair point so yeah but you know i i i would really like wait whoa i do not know where that sentence was gonna go i'm sorry guys (laughs) bye sentence (laughs) see you later see you the crossroads sentence (laughs) so matt uh you me and everybody else on the planet wants a giant killer robot uh none of us have them but what we can have matt is is a fourth star. What, Matt, is the fourth star of the week? Dave, as I mentioned earlier, I went on a trip, a fishing trip. Well, okay, it was it was meant to be a fishing trip. It was going to be me, Mark, Eric, Brian, Cody. Uh, 
they all wanted to go on a fishing trip, and I like them, so I was going to go on this fishing trip <laughs> with them. Um, and then when we were not fishing, we were just going to, like, hang out and, like, you know, drink a couple of beers and play a bunch of board games, which is really what right. I was in it for. Uh, and then, like, the weather, it was... I felt a little badly for everyone else, but I felt great for me because the weather was, like, just bad enough. And Mark felt, like, a little sick. Just, like, not enough that he wasn't able to enjoy hanging out and had to go home, but just enough that he didn't want to get on a boat and sit on a lake for a few hours. And so, although the fishing trip was canceled, my part of the trip, which was hanging out and playing board games, was on 100%. And so, I, Matt, it could just not real have been a better weekend for me. <laughs> yeah, Matt, real quickly is, um, have you ever, have you got, because this is like the third time you've done this, right? Uh, yeah, second or third, yeah. Okay, have you guys ever actually gone fishing I mean, on this fishing trip? I mean, I haven't, but other people have. Oh, okay. I because th- like I just seem to recall that like every time you guys go on this fishing trip, like something happens, like it rains or like the weather's terrible or whatever, and you never actually end up doing any fishing. Uh, the, and you just, the the first and you time do- we went, it was like an unseasonably cold early October weekend, and it was like snowing, so that everyone else like went out and tried to fish for an hour while I hang hung out in the cabin and read a book. Uh, and then they came. Yeah, that sounds like a million times games. better. Um, really, it all eventually. See, that also what sounds great. Is eventually, like it all comes back to board games, which is what I am there for. Dave, specifically, let me tell you two board game things that we did. Yeah, please do. Uh, we we games. played. Have we talked about time stories on this show before? I think we have. Okay, uh, uh, time stories is gamified. Um, it's gamified Groundhog Day. It's gamified Groundhog Day that is also sort of um, kind like imagine a Groundhog Day thing that is mixed with you having to be a detective, which is also mixed okay. with kind of like Assassin's Creed, like throwing your consciousness into the past, into the body of somebody else technology. So, like, your consciousness gets thrown into the past, and you have to solve a mystery, but you only have so many, like, time units in which to do it. And when you don't succeed, you get, like, pulled out, and you have to go back at the original insertion point. But you, the player, have the knowledge, so you can, like, go back through and attack it differently to try to, like... Get yeah. to it. It's before a, like you it's run out of time. a really really cool concept for a game. That sounds really neat. Yeah, I've never heard of this one. It's super cool. Oh, seriously? Oh man, yeah, it's really the, good. The, the, the only problem with it though is that once you have solved the mystery, you have solved that mystery. Like, there's no reason to go back and play that mystery again. You got it. So what the game does is they have a bunch of uh, different mysteries that you can buy, like expansions. Okay. Uh, but they're not all written by the same original, like, very capable game writing crew. And Dave got me two <laughs> uh, expansions for Christmas, and I hadn't had a chance to play them yet. We played both of them. The first one we played, man, I do not know what was going on with it, because it seemed as though it was written by someone for whom English was not their primary language, and then translated into English by someone else for whom English was not their primary language. <laughs> like, we got through it, but there would be times where we had to, like, stop and read the cards a few times. And, frankly, it was hilarious, but it was kind of, like, man, it was it was a trial. The second one that we did was called A Prophecy of Dragons, which was basically all of the other, other elements that I just told you, 
but the world that you went to was like on a different planet and it was basically D and D. What? That sounds <laughs> okay. awesome. Yeah, so you are like a time traveling groundhog day Assassin's Creed D and D party. Uh it's extremely <laughs> good. Assassin's Creed Quantum Leap D and D party. Yes. Extraordinarily good. The other game we played a lot of was Root, and guys, Root is very oh, good. Oh man. I have heard some fantastic stuff about Root. I haven't had a chance to play it yet. Uh, Root is a... Because it is like a... It is it is completely asymmetric for players. Like, you're all playing the same game, kind of, but you all have, like, slightly different rules. Yes, and I... I and are trying to achieve completely different things. Yeah, well, the thing is that you're not, like... You're trying to achieve, like, a victory point success total. But everyone achieves victory points in completely different ways. So, like, there is, in the, I don't want to go too far into details because it is not, like, because we've already been talking for a few minutes about it, um, right, and yeah, I don't yeah. want this entire show to just be me talking about this one board game I really like, but, like, the, there are four people, there are four factions, and, like, two of them are very, like, militaristic, but they operate very differently. One of them is, like, uh, is the Woodland Alliance, oh, because in this game you play, like, animals like it's like a red guard looking sort of thing it's very cute um okay. and so the yeah they get the woodland alliance is all just like the mice and foxes and rabbits of the forest who are like trying to throw off the oppressors that are like the birds and the cats okay awesome sure. um and so they like they are kind of a military faction but really what they have to do is like go around the map and like spread sympathy for their cause and like cause uprisings and revolts and so, like, they just operate completely differently. And the fourth person is the Vagabond, who is just, like, a crazy raccoon who rolls through the woods and is a solo adventurer. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so if we... I'm, we'll play this game with you at some point. And can I call dibs on raccoon? Is that cool? Uh, Dave, I got the expansion. It includes a second raccoon character. So, yes. Nice. <laughs> um, anyway, Dave, what is our fourth star of the week? So, fifth star of the week, fifth Matt, star of the week. fourth star of the week is Root. So, I went on a fishing trip, Matt, <laughs> with some friends. You've, uh, anyways, our fifth star of the week is, uh, I have some thoughts about about cheese. Okay. This sounds weird. <laughs> no, hey, Dave. This I mean, listen. weird, but follow me. I'm often thinking about cheese. I'll go with you on this. Yeah. So, Jake, I don't know what your thoughts about about cheese are. I assume they're positive. Most people uh, aren't. Uh, pretty positive. I'm lactose intolerant, so it's more of a of a longing and, uh, and Ooh, a wistfulness okay. about cheese that I have. But uh, but yes, I I can follow you here. Okay, got it. So here is I had a, I've had a very weird experience with with I can't believe I'm saying this, but this is a genuine thing. This is I this is not a joke. I've had some weird experiences with cheese recently, and here's <laughs> what happened. So I think I mentioned that Beth uh, had to go on this uh, elimination diet. Her doctor was just like, hey, do this thing. And I was like, I will do it with you because I love you. And it would like suck to do it by yourself. Right. So part of it was like, don't eat dairy, basically. Like, just don't eat dairy for like six weeks. I was like, all right, well, this will be lame, but we'll do it. So no dairy for six weeks. And then we're just sort of like, you know, we reintroduce things. We're like, okay, dairy seems to be fine. Cool. Um, but we just like didn't have any any cheese in the house, and and I really thought that like when we could get dairy back, I was gonna be like oh, cheese, like <laughs> yeah, like let me get that cheese back. And my my experience has been sort of like like I'm like 
like I don't dislike cheese or anything, but it's like uh, it was not this like revelatory experience, like reintroducing cheese uh, back into my life. Well, okay, now Dave, I've got to ask a question to you. What what kind of cheese were you introducing back into your life? Like when when you you were cheeses that I right, but like when you were able to like get back into cheese, did you just like? go to the deli and get some slices of Swiss cheese? Or did you get, like, some some celebratory cheese? The sort of cheese that you no, no, get no. to mark yeah. an occasion. No, I should say, and I think it's... I'm glad that you say it that way, Matt, because, no, I just got, like... I just had some, like, cheese, right? This was this was not, like, special occasion cheese. It was, like, standard cheese, right? Mm-hmm. And Company I, cheese. Sure, yeah. government and cheese. and so I had it, and I was like, I'm like this is fine. <laughs> And I mentioned to Beth, I was like, you know, I, I thought this would be a bigger deal. And she said, well, you know that cheese is addictive. And I said, what? And she said, yeah, like this is super crazy. But basically there are, so, you know, you've got like receptors in your, your brain, right? Like your brain and body and like there are chemicals that bind to those receptors, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, here's the thing that I did not know is that if you have a chemical that's like kind of close to the receptor that like it's kind of close to the chemical that a receptor is designed for, it won't like fire it all the way, but it will fire it like a tiny bit. Okay. Mm -hmm. And apparently there's stuff in cheese that kind of a little bit like activates the same receptors that opioids do. Oh, okay. So, and I was like, did I, did we just like, did we detox from cheese? <laughs> like, did I have the, the cheese shakes? And now that like, I'm, I'm through it. Like I'm past my addiction. I'm not as into cheese anymore. And here's what I've realized. I do still like cheese. Obviously, everybody sure, likes you're cheese. you're not a monster. Yeah. I'm not a monster. But what I have discovered is that, like, I'm kind of over cheese as effectively a condiment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I've come to realize that this is how people think of And I, myself, have thought that this is how people think of cheese. That it's like, well, you have everything else. And then you put cheese on it as though it's like salt. Like you put on a little salt and you put on some pepper and then you put on some cheese. And that I think is the the key, Matt. Like if I was getting like really nice cheese, I'd be like, oh yeah. Like if I'm going to eat this cheese, like let's eat some cheese. Absolutely. Get some brie, get some camembert. Yeah, right. You know I love a camembert. I do know that you love a camembert. Uh, I also know that you love morbier. Do love a morbier. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, I... <laughs> good Morbier is hard to come by. So, good Morbier is a little trickier to find than a good Camembert, but when you can find it, yeah, it's worth it is. The hunt. It is. So, anyways, I that's haven't a, like broke. Uh, I, I, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. Morbier, that's the Spider-Man villain, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, Holy it's, cats! It is the cheese Matt. that is created when a, uh, <laughs> a a cutting edge phlebotomist has to really. <laughs> Go outside the box to save his own life. Definitely not a flip. I mean, I would say Morbius, Matt, he's a hematologist. He's more of an amateur but very enthusiastic phlebotomist. (laughs) Okay. Um, I've never heard of that cheese before in my life. Also, did you? there's a Morbius movie coming out. Yeah. I I did not know this. I did hear about this. Venom's going to be I had no idea. 
Death told me, and I sort of scream giggled in the car. I was really excited. Um, so anyways, thoughts on cheese. It's great. It's just not, it's not a condiment, guys. Let's, like, I saw a recipe on, I know that I've been talking about cheese for way too long, but now <laughs> that I'm, I'm deep enough in, let's just, we have to go through rather than back. I saw a recipe on uh, the internet, who knows where, and it is a restaurant that will bring you out a hamburger and then they will just like pour cheese sauce over it, like the whole thing. And I just, I saw it and I was like, you have fundamentally misunderstood how hamburgers work. (laughs) Yeah. Like, this is a recipe that's invented by a foreign man who's never seen a cheeseburger, but heard the word cheeseburger, and this is what they came up with. That's insane. Because, like, now you you can't eat it like a cheeseburger. Yeah. I feel like that's Now the it's sort of just thing. like a soggy bread mess. I feel like that's <laughs> the sort of thing you nonsense. see as, like, uh, you know those videos on Facebook that are, like, tasty and, like, we, like... Finally, now this is here. And they'll show you some, like, war crime of a uh, recipe. Yeah, or they show you, like, like yeah. here's what people in, in Brooklyn are eating, and it's, like, chicken wings dipped in edible gold leaf or something. <laughs> no as bueno, my friends. <laughs> Anyways, uh, this, has been, this has been Cheese Corner, Matt. Let's Dave, don't name it because then Mark has to make a stink. He's gotta for make it. a song. <laughs> no, see, I I actually thought about saying cheese corner at the beginning, and I didn't say it because I knew that it would force Mark to invent <laughs> a song for cheese corner. But I okay. think if we if I said it at the end, he's he's safe. I hope, unless he's driven by his own like inner inner demons to make this thing. <laughs> to take a break we're gonna watch episode 17 of car ranger and we will be right back all right welcome back we have just watched episode 17 it ruled let's talk about it yes please (laughs) um this episode first of all this is a like this is a textbook filler episode. Like, it's super fun, but you can tell it's a filler because anytime there is a moment that they need to, like, transform or pose, like, you get the entire pose every single time. Yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> that is in my notes three separate times. Like, oh man, they must not have a lot of scripts today. <laughs> oh man, they really must not have a lot of scripts today. Well, okay, when when we get, I guess I can just say now, it's not anything that's like a spoiler for this or next week's episode. I have a theory about it, which is, okay. Dave, do you, you don't watch through the end of the credits, right? I generally do not, no. Okay, at the end of the credits in Car Ranger they will have a little bit where they tell you what the next week's episode is going to be, and then somebody gives you a uh, traffic safety tip. Right. So. I did not know that going in. It was it was jarring, but amazing. So this week, this week's was particularly amazing, because next week's episode, they are going to be shooting on location at the, um, oh, it's like the, fa- the, fun the, family, the family fun farm park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've been, they've gone there like three different times. Yeah. Um, if you may recall, in uh, did they go there in O Ranger? I know in Cocky Ranger, that's where Sasuke goes to meet like the butterfly girl when he was on his solo quest. I don't think no, they don't go there in O Ranger. They go there in Cocky Ranger, and they go there in um, Jetman. Yes, they do go there. Okay, so they're going there next week, and so my theory is that like man. Next week, we've got to pack up the production. We've got to go out to the fun farm. Like, it's going to be a whole thing. So what can we knock out in an afternoon? <laughs> like, let's just get this one done, and then we'll move on. Let's get some ugly jackets. Let's get uh, all the old, all the transformation and driving footage we already have. Mm-hmm. Just pad this Pile sucker out. Uh, the last episode that aired as of recording this of Morphing Grid um, was a bad episode of Power Rangers, and they did the same thing. And I was like, "Oh boy, they really didn't want to make this episode, so they just used all the <laughs> all all the Morphin footage they had." And I'm glad that that's not just a Power Rangers thing. I'm glad sometimes the Sentai does that too. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, they definitely do. Do I mean? I just like the production schedule on this show is so insane. Yeah. Like, I just... Like, I just, it, it, it boggles my mind that they do this show. And not only do, do they do it... I don't think... Like, this is not like... They don't film the 96 season in 1995, I don't think. Like... I, I think I don't think they're that far ahead. No, when they're shooting and, and releasing. Yeah, this I, don't, thing. I don't think so. I, I think they're a couple of weeks ahead because if you look at the the original air date, like you can tell that the episodes that they're recording in June, or the, I'm sorry, that they're releasing in June, were recorded in like it like May probably just based on the weather. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild. So, anyways, uh, this specific episode, let's. There actually, I mean, stuff does happen. Oh, sure. So we Amazing open stuff. up, and it's yes. yeah, and uh, Zanette is watching Earth, and you know, kind of wistfully through this window, and we're getting sort of like, uh, like va va voom trumpet, kind of because it's Beauty Zanette, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and uh, and Richie Hiker approaches, and he says, he just says, "Hey, I will buy you a dress. You should go on a date with me." And I don't, like, I'm not sure if he's like, I'll buy you a dress, like, and as, like, a bribe, or if this is a surprisingly smooth line, like, oh, hey, I heard you needed, like, a cool new dress. For what? For the date we're going on, which would actually be, like, a pretty good line, I feel like. yeah. 
I mean, I don't know if that's a real, a good, like, real life line, but it does sound like a good TV line. Yeah, oh, it would not work in real life, I don't think, but, but on, you know. I have no idea. I have no idea. I had one girlfriend when I was 16, and then I dated my wife and I married her, so this is not <laughs> like, uh, this is not a zone that I have a lot of experience in. Um, so, yeah, he says, like, I'll buy you a skirt or a dress or whatever it was. Like, come down to me, come down to Earth with me. We'll go to Hot Spring. They have, like, outdoor baths. It's going to be super nice. Um, she, of course, was wistfully thinking about the Red Racer, but she's like, no, he has rejected me. I need to, like, distract myself, you know, get out of the house, you know, move on, yeah. eat a giant cake all by myself. Yeah, yeah the normal yeah. stuff. Now, Jake, remind yeah. me, is this the first episode of Car Ranger that you have seen or have you been watching it? I have not been watching this season along. This is the first episode I've seen. And uh, my my first note is that Zonette is exactly as horny as Divatox is. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. They are they are exactly the same. Um, I think they try to, like, hide it better in Power Rangers. Whereas in Sentai, they're just like, here it is. Here's Zonette. You know what you're here mm-hmm. for. Yeah. It's, like, shockingly horny. I have gotten used to how horny she is. Uh, and how horny the show is for her, but boy, it's it's something else, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, yeah, it starts like it starts off with like a Vaseline filter on the uh, on the camera and the va va voom trumpets, and I'm like, oh, we're they were not kidding. They just go all in on this, huh? Yeah, they, yeah, they sure do. They do not mess. They do not mess around. Um, so I have actually never seen. I have never seen Power Rangers Turbo and Oh just just give oh, give, Matt, give yes. Diva okay. a quick Google. No, I do and I remember I have seen this costume before because when we first talked about Beauty Zanette, we actually this is sort of uh we've already sort of had this conversation. Uh, I think. Although there uh, actually are some there's some vague similarities between these costumes. Yeah, they um they've been, they've been doing this thing in at least as far as um Time Force, and I think in the next season in Wild Force, where they have the uh, and, and they did in Lightspeed the season before the one that we're on for Morphin Grid, where they like they have they like have a the 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 lead bad guy the or the lead you know human face bad guy, which is you know just the women uh, <laughs> for yeah. a little while, I guess. Um, and they get, basically like they put them really far away, and then they just match the costume, and they try to like copy that into Power Rangers, and I think. Diva Talks was sort of the dry run of that, of like, okay, how do we make that, but Diva Talks for us, and then they're like, ah, forget it, we'll just give her a fish mask. And, <laughs> Love it. And, a, and, a, and a, a real tight bustier, and call it a night. Um, I wonder if this is, anyways, we could, no. Uh, so, and so Gynamo was like, hey, wait a minute. Like, what are you doing? You like talking to my girl? I think is the idea, and uh, and Richie Hiker says like, "Oh, we just got oh man, man. these car rangers, yeah, got right? To, gotta, go. gotta go to Earth, gotta beat the car rangers. See you, <laughs> see you next see you, episode. See you later." So down, speaking of the Earth, uh, down there, everyone is has been okay. They're all going like kind of camping, kind of just like grilling out. Going for they're gonna have a barbecue day. They have brought all of their tents to a barbecue day, which indicates to me that this will become at some point a barbecue night. Um I don't know if they actually Listen, planned I, on that, but 
I think the only... This is good planning, I think, because if you're having a barbecue... Anything you can do to prolong that experience, I think you're you're in it's positive territory. And they're just thinking ahead. They're like, you know, we're going to get some tents. So, uh, you know, the fun doesn't stop. We're going to keep barbecuing. They are into this. They're all kind of into this. Dapu, it seems like, is very into this and has kind of he forced them into, into it. doing it. Uh, Dapu, also, first time I'm seeing Dapu after hearing tales oh, yeah. of, uh, of How was that for I you? I got to say... Not a fan. No. Not a, yeah, yeah, not a, yeah. Not a fan I, uh, of looking at Dapu. It's not right. a pleasant experience. I have, no. It, it, <laughs> we've sort of become inured to the fact <laughs> that he's like a horrible flesh baby Yoda. Yeah, um, he's also very tall. My problem is that he's so tall. If he, if he would be like Yoda-sized, I'd be like, okay, yeah, it's, it's still not pleasant, but I understand it. But he's like... A real human height, right. and I'm like, that's too big to have your face be that big and that smooth. Yeah, if he was, like yeah, it. if he was a puppet and not a short dude, then yeah, <laughs> this would be much With better. Yeah, I think mask? that would be that would be very different. Um, the fact that he is, just, yeah, mm, it's it's a lot. Uh, and so they have they've they've come loaded for bear to this barbecue, man. They have brought a a truly stunning amount Tell of. Tell you food. what, food looks yeah. good. It does. It does all look good. Let me say something about almond pudding and I had to look that up because I love almonds and I love pudding. I found two recipes. One is basically like an almond flavored panna cotta. Okay. And okay. the other is like a pudding that you make out of almond milk. Like a gelatin. It's like gelatin with almond milk. That sounds okay. like less sweet, interesting. Which I think but it does it, it does sound a little less interesting. But I would eat it. It does sound sure. good. Um so anyways, they're, they're like doing the barbecue thing. They're getting everything set up. Um, they're all having a good time. Like, now that they're here, everybody's into it. Uh, they're having their barbecue, by which they do not mean... They're just... They're grilling out. They're not eating actual... They're not eating barbecue. Yes. Yeah. To be clear. They are, they are doing the thing that people who do not live in a barbecue-rich environment call barbecuing. Yeah, yeah, in New Hampshire, we would call what they are doing having a barbecue. Um, but now that I live in Texas, I know better. <laughs> yeah, I think you're legally allowed. They can kill you in Texas if you. Yeah, call it if that, you're not, right? if if you don't, uh, if you don't know like a what Texas like, Ranger shows up. Yeah, hat and everything, and then they just take you yeah. to stocks in the middle of town. And they they throw, <laughs> I don't know, rats at you or something, something terrible. <laughs> Uh, the best barbecue place is actually uh, South Carolina style barbecue. So, like in my head, like everyone else is a pretender to that throne. Um, now, I do really like South yeah. Carolina style barbecue. I do really like South Carolina barbecue. We it's, have established on our show that we are, uh, you know, kind of barbecue ecumenical man. Like I'll I'll eat anything. I love the it all. Same, yeah. Um. So the girls they realize that like they're out of something. I, I forget what it is. And um, so they send they send the girls out shopping. So Natsumi and Yuko are out to get like whatever grocery it is that they need. And uh, we flip back to the to the barbecue itself. <laughs> Tapu is in a tent, and he's got like a mobile version of the alert machine. <laughs> I was which wondering is great about planning. this because I haven't seen it, and I was like, "Is is this?" Just the thing, or did he make a special one just for grilling occasions? No, no, no. This is like the portable. I mean, okay. we, this is the portable version. This is the first week time that we have seen something like this because the rest of the series, like after the first episode, Dapu is just lives in the garage. 
Sure. Um, but he has brought it along, and it goes off, and he's like, oh my gosh, guys, Bozok are coming. But the three guys are, like, in the middle of their dinner, and they are, they, like, they are refusing to acknowledge that there is danger. <laughs> he's like, no, barbecue is now, Bozok are not allowed to attack during barbecue, <laughs> let me finish eating this, then I will investigate. Tell him to wait, this is a classic hero's journey, refusal of the call. <laughs> Yes. We're just starting over. I was just talking about that. Great job. Um, so, <laughs> do you, are we going to nerd out about the monomyth, Jake? Man, uh, I mean, I, I can't go super far into it because I, I went to film school and not a regular college, so I only know a couple of the steps. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the pro- it's okay. There's too many. There's like 37 There's, there's a lot of them. I mean, the, the problem is that the most recent thing I have seen about the monomyth is the uh, polygon polygon unraveled video um which is uh almost impossible to follow and adds a bunch of other stuff so oh, is that the kingdom hearts oh one? yes that's the kingdom hearts one which yeah you, you were, also I, I forgot to tell you you legally can't talk about it i have a podcast where i can't learn anything outside anything about kingdom hearts outside of the podcast so i will i don't want to get my lawyers in here to shut you down <laughs> I realized about two, like a half sentence into it, like, oh, this is a Kingdom Hearts thing, so I have to be as oblique as possible. Yeah, which is not super hard, but the the obliquer the better. I mean, it, okay, um, okay. So, so we we can just let's move. We will move past, uh, you know, under threat of legal action. We'll move past Kingdom Hearts talk. And um, so we so what we see is this ambulance. It looks, I, I think it's an ambulance is what it looks it's like. Ju- I think it's just a weird and... car. It kind of looks like a Kia Soul. <laughs> oh, yeah, it kind of does. It's a l- little early for one, but yeah. And uh, and there's another, there's a there's a car with a bunch of wumpers and it's chasing the, the ambulance looking thing. And uh, Signal Man is like, hey, what's those Bozoak? And Signal Man gives a chase. Yes. And, and so, as they give chase, they drive past... Uh, Yoko and uh, Natsumi, as they have stopped to get ice cream, shirking their uh, grocery shopping responsibilities. Yes. Yeah. Not- so they show up at a factory. Natsumi, by the way, has this wild skirt on that is like long and like split up the front, but the split up the front is a zipper. And as I saw it, I realized, like, oh, wow. This show was in 1997, which means we are about to start hitting, like, those late 90s, early, but specifically early 2000s fashion choices. And, brother, yeah. it's going to be a thing. <laughs> oh, dude. They're, I mean, I know we may have talked about this in the past, but they're back. Kids are wearing fanny packs again. Not, like, ironically. Just, like, this is my cool fanny pack. I mean, wrestlers have been wearing fanny packs for years. They're just catching up. Kids are just catching back up. Uh, <laughs> um, so, anyways, um, they pull into the factory, and the Wumpers are attacking what is very obviously another Bozoak. You know, I say another Bozoak, but I think I don't think that's actually true. I mean, he is a Bozoak, obviously, because right. we know that. Yeah, but the uh, it might just be that everybody from space looks that well, way. Well, everyone but Zanet, which is weird. But yeah. yeah, like when Signal Man sees this, he's just like, oh, there's a person from space being chased by Wumpers. I am a cop. I'm going to go deal with this situation. So he chases them down uh, and he is like, you know, trying to grab the Wumpers and arrest them. Uh, most of them get away. 
there's one blue one who like doesn't quite hop on the bus quickly enough to escape with the rest of them. And Signal Man is about to just absolutely ruin that dude's day. Yeah, yeah. he's like Terminator walking at him. Oh, man, I love Signal Man. This is a not only do I love Signal Man in all episodes, I specifically love Signal Man in this episode. Yeah, he's he's pretty incredible. Um Anyway, he, so, he does not get a chance so, to ruin this yeah. blue boy because the guy who had been driving that other car hops out and grabs onto him. He's like, Oh my gosh, thank you so much. You've truly saved me. Like, what what can I ever do to possibly repay you? Yes. And this is Zeri, the space fashion designer. And uh, and I looked him up. And according to the internet, his motif is high fashion and tropical fish, which I would not have guessed from yeah, looking at him. I don't see it. <laughs> but, when, well, you know, take another look at him. Because I didn't, I would not have guessed it when I saw it. But when someone was like, high fashion, tropical fish, I was like... Oh yeah, there it is. Um, he looks real. He gosh, he just looks real weird. He looks real weird, but I do think that they succeed in making him look real weird, like a high fashion monster. You know, like it's not yeah, just a does. random weirdness. It is a like wild fashion weirdness, which I appreciate. Oh, you know what? Now that you say tropical fish, I absolutely see it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yep, see, yep, there I it didn't is. pick it up either, but. So anyways, um, he rolls up and he's like, dude, I, I, I just, I can't thank you enough. And he, he's like, let me, let me give you a jacket from my new collection. Like, this is how I will repay you. And uh, <laughs> Sigmund's like, oh, no, no, citizen, just doing my job. I couldn't possibly, well, maybe, I don't know. That looks like a pretty cool jacket. Like, he's sort of going back and forth as to whether yeah, or not he can. Yeah, it seems that, like, he's slightly embarrassed by having, like, the attention lavished on him. But he is also, like, pretty into it. Yeah, he and he's, all, he's doing that, like, you know, public servant. Like, oh, I'm just doing my job. Don't worry about it. It's just... This is what I do every day. I, you know what? I will take the jacket, though. It's pretty <laughs> radical. It fits my enormous shoulders. You made it specifically for my big old signal shoulders. It fit over my pauldrons. <laughs> so he does. Um, so as he's going back and forth, we do realize that he is just. Like, he is making this jacket. Like, when he yeah. says, let me give you a jacket from my new collection, what he means is. Let me create a bespoke jacket in the next 30 seconds that I will give to Extremely you. Extremely impressive. Yeah. Man has skills. I mean, listen, the jacket is hideous, but even to make a hideous jacket <laughs> in 30 seconds with one sewing machine is very impressive. It, yeah, it's obviously a 30-second jacket, but it is, you know, a, prefer a 30-second jacket. Pretty good. I was going to say it's a better jacket than I would make in 30 seconds. It, absolutely. So... <laughs> <laughs> he um so at this point the uh Yuko and uh, Natsumi have arrived and he he takes the jacket and it is tr- like yeah it fits over his like giant shoulder signal pauldrons and so in order to fit that like it doesn't fit the rest of his body even vaguely <laughs> no this it's basically like a a curtain a huge that has been draped over box. him yeah it's incredible and uh, they're like, so we turn. Oh, it's got a little like, uh, like lapel 
thing. Not little. It's also like huge and gaudy. But it is this like the same image as Signal Man's badge. And Zeri's like, hey man, I, I even put your logo on it, man. It's it's very cool. It's it's very you. Yeah. Uh, so he turns to the girls and he says, hey citizens, you're the ones who work at Pegasus Motors, right? What do you think of my great new jacket? <laughs> like, well. <laughs> Uh, it's stupid. It's, it's ugly. It's you, stupid you, you look it's terrible. Trash. It's ugly. You look terrible. It's trash. Uh, and he flips. Yeah, he one hundred percent loses it. Like he is not reacting. Like, listen, if you tell me, if I ask you how my jacket looks, and you say it looks like trash, and you look like a stupid clown, like I'm gonna be hurt, <laughs> but I'm not gonna like attack you. And that is exactly what happens here. Like he's like picks up a trash can and throws it at them. Yeah. Uh, can I tell you about uh, the Power Rangers Turbo episode Stitch Witchery that is based on this? I would love for you to do that, Jake. Yeah, please. So the plot of it is that there, uh, Ashley is in like a fashion designer class in high school because like, it's a fake high school, so they have classes sure. like that. And she makes a jacket that's pretty ugly, and she's like, Cassie, do you like this jacket? And Cassie goes, no, that jacket is ugly. And then so, so Ashley gets discouraged and runs into a fashion designer who happens to be a monster. Um, it is uh, Zeri once she transforms, um, but in, in her human form, uh, she's just like a, you know, a, a pre-Devil Wears Prada, Meryl Streep in Devil Wears Prada looking lady. Okay. Um, her, name is, her name is Delicia and Evil. Delicia and Evil. Yep. Got it. So... Not their best work. Nope. <laughs> uh, and and she's like, oh, I love this jacket. Let me mass produce this jacket. So then she gets like the rights to the jacket or whatever and has the Piranatrons, which are the turbo version of the Wumpers, mass produce them. And when you put the jacket on, you become very mean. You don't. Be, there's no like mm. anger meter, but like basically all of her friends are like wearing big jackets from the 80s <laughs> being like, your jacket sucks even though I'm wearing it and you're stupid. <laughs> So in the Power Rangers, everyone wears the jacket? Everybody but the Yellow Ranger wears the jacket, and they all are mean, and they're all just, like, yelling at each other and being mean to each other, and it's very good. And then, later, uh, uh, Blue Centurion, who is Signal Man, gets his own big jacket, and then the thrust of the episode can happen. Got it. Um, Amazing. That's all very good. Um... So we we go from there. The girls are running, and then we we see uh, the, the the guys, and they sort of like run into each other around a corner. Yeah, now they're all in town, and, and I I get, and none of them are still wearing their like barbecue camping clothes. So yeah, I was confused as to why the guys had separated in the first place. It was like a minor thing, but like they just instead of all turning a corner together, like they round separate corners and then meet there. It just seemed weird. I don't. I mean, who, I, just I don't know. Don't it's before know. cell phones. It's um, hard to coordinate stuff like that. So. Yeah, you, you couldn't. The pagers are they really were all in the same place. They left from the same place. Is <laughs> what yeah, I'm they saying. do have communicator wristbands. Let's listen. Let's just move on. Yeah, I have a okay. question real quick about um, about these boy Power Rangers, sure. oh, yeah. um, or I guess boy Car Rangers. Red Ranger, I understand who he is. He's the guy in the red jacket. Uh-huh. Is the Green Ranger wearing exclusively blue, and the Blue Ranger wearing exclusively green, or did I flip that in my no, head? No, you're right. Um, okay, no, yeah, why? <laughs> why did the, they do the that? Only, the Man. only way I can make it work in my head is that Minoru, the green racer, 
Uh, he wears a blue shirt with a yellow tie, and if you put those two together, it's green. It's <laughs> a lot of math you got to do. Color math. <laughs> Um, but like everybody else so, is just wearing their colors and i was like why didn't you just make this fool the blue ranger if you're gonna put him in a blue oh, shirt even, i don't get it, it. Is it's even really worse than weird. that because okay. yoko the pink ranger who's the accountant wears mostly pink natsumi the yellow ranger who is the mechanic wears a red jumpsuit wears, <laughs> she wears okay. a red jumpsuit but when she's not wearing the red jumpsuit she just wears whatever <laughs> like she just has an actual like everybody else has one outfit Natsumi has an actual wardrobe. Like when you see her, he's just she's just wearing. But different it's not clothes. A, it is not a exclusively or even primarily yellow wardrobe. Okay, so I just yeah. got spoiled on this episode because she is wearing yellow. Yeah, I think when oh, she yeah. wears like, the she red just... jumpsuit, she is often wearing yellow gloves. I think just as a like nod, <laughs> as like a reminder, maybe. That's weird. At least at least Kaku Ranger had the decency to have nobody wearing the right color ever, and everyone had nine shirts on. Oh man, I had I sometimes forget and then have the joy of re-remembering. Oh, sometimes they got nine shirts. The sometimes they got Kaka two Ranger. separate pairs of shorts on. Oh man, one of those shorts is actually just a apron made out of a <laughs> pair of shorts. Oh man, it's so incredible. Uh, <laughs> I miss those boys. Um, um, okay, so so here's what we find out. Uh, we we go back to to. Uh, Zeri, who is obviously a Bozok. He's ZZ Zeri, the Bozok fashion designer. And uh, Richie Hiker is there. And it turns out what this is, is this is an anger jacket. This is a jacket that makes you angry. I feel like it would have made a lot more sense and been easier to film if this had been like, I don't know, a hat or a necklace or... (laughs) Or, like, literally I anything. Mean, wouldn't it have been easier? Yes. Wouldn't it have been nearly as delightful? No, of course not. The jacket no. makes the episode. <laughs> so, they, it's an anger jacket, is what it is. And it has a remote control that Richie Hiker has. Now, the remote control and... does not control what uh, Signal Man does, it controls his anger level. And so. Yes. Yeah. Like. All, what what happens is they keep like jacking up the anger level on this thing, and it keeps making Signal Man get more and more violent. Like at one, like he's chasing after them with his uh, baton, and then they jack up the anger level even more, and he turns his baton into a laser gun, and he tries to murder five human teenagers with a laser Regular gun people? from space because he that he thinks are just citizens. Right. Uh, also, the remote control looks like the NES Turbo Controller, if anyone remembers that. Oh, man. Yeah, it does. That's I all totally I can think is, like, this it, guy's but... cheating at Bubble Bobble if he's using this controller. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so he just, like, he just attacks them. Um, and this is incredible because Richie Hiker says, he's like, oh, man, now that... Uh, now that Signal Man is attacking random, just like random, random citizens, the Car Rangers will show up for sure. Yeah. Now the Car Rangers will show up. Like, definitely the Car Rangers will be here. And I really, like, I'm having a lot of fun with, I think this is as deep or maybe as, like, as much as it's ever been, like, a, a significant part of the show that the Rangers have secret identities. Like, they have had secret identities before. Yeah. But it's never been as much of like a, a plot point 
as it is in this. In right, this because series. usually, even if, like, the other people in town don't know that, like, Daigo is a Die Ranger, like, the bad guys know who they are. But in this one, yeah. no one really knows who they are. Like, Signal Man doesn't know, the Bozoak don't know, like, it's really just, like, them and Dapu, like, holding it down. I, yeah. I, I have it in my notes later in, like, the second half of the show that, like, they're very good about using code names, and I don't think any other Power Rangers that I've seen are this good, because they're like, Red Racer, Green Racer, and I was like, you know that that's Minoru. Like, I, so I didn't know that, like, they actually keep their secret identities. That's very nice. So after, after they, you know, Signal Man tries to murder them with a laser gun, uh, they sort of yeah. hide behind a building and all transform in secret. He chases after them. Yeah, right. They do still shout, uh, Excel, change your henshin, like, super loud. I mean, loud. that's part of it. I don't know if you can do it secretly. Like, I feel like shouting it, like, just, like, shouting it at the top of your lungs is part of transforming. Yeah, okay. I suppose that they do need... Yeah, everybody yells it, right? That's just part of it. So they do, <laughs> so they do transform, and... Then we we get the whole thing, like we said, we get the the whole big thing, and everybody yeah. gets a, you know, everybody gets a close up, and then they all like hop out up on top of buildings surrounding Signal Man. They all do a full pose because we've got twenty minutes to fill, and then Signal Man just looks around at them, is still super angry, and just straight up calls surrender. Yeah, he does not get into a fight yeah. with them. He's like. You guys are all jerks. I'm calling my giant robot, and it is going to shoot you with the biggest lasers I have. <laughs> yeah. And I love, like, as I am writing, wow, that's kind of a bit much. Yoko says, wow, that's a lot. Like, what is he doing? <laughs> Clearly, he does not follow by Zordon's three rules of never escalating a battle unless you have to. He's going, like, everybody <laughs> who doesn't watch Power Rangers or Sentai goes, why don't they just start with the Zords? Man, and Signal Man's just starting with the Zords today. Those Zordon three yeah. rules. Did the, did the three rules uh, persist after the Zordon era? Yes and no. It's kind of weird because um, the Zordon era ends at the end of In Space, and then um, they kind of try to keep their secret identities, even though they're on an isolated space, uh, like colony flying into in through space. Um, and so they try to keep it, but I think at that point, just the formula is there. So no one has to remember that, like, there used to be three rules about this. Uh, um, so, so the, yeah, the car rangers are really surprised and they're like, uh, Dump, Dump, what do we, what do we do? And he's like, well, I, you got to call RV Robo, I guess. <laughs> so they you do spend five minutes calling RV Robo. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Did they, did they call him for a long time? Huh? Yeah. Oh, actually, this is a really good episode for you to have jumped in on because you get yeah. to, you do get to see a little bit of the. Yeah. It's a really cool transformation I mean, it, sequence. You've actually. watched Turbo, so I'm sure a lot of this footage. I, is oh, stuff yeah, you've seen. right. I've seen the 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 full thing. I I I don't think I've ever seen the version where they pull up in go karts and then drift under, and then the go karts are their seats. That's something yes. new I learned today. Oh no, that's 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 half of it for me. That that they always cut away from that. They're always like, nope, they're just driving. Don't worry about how they got in there. The go karts are only for three episodes. Oh, they drop the go karts in turbo. Oh no, dude, 
they don't use them very often. There's like an episode with, about bicycles that they use them in that I can the think of, episode. and then maybe two other times. I, our bicycle episode was very good. Um, yeah, the our, bike episode is really good. Our bike um, episode was terrible because the monster's name was Big Burpa, and she just burped. That was her oh whole no. gimmick, was she just kept burping. And we were like, who is this for? <laughs> who would oh. like this? Oh. Um, no, dude, those go-karts are around... Like, they do not leave. They're in, like, almost yeah, every episode. I mean, episode. so far, at least. That's wild. Um, also, hearing the, like, jaunty tune and not the, like, shift in to turbo going underneath the thing is very strange. It's like looking at a Funhouse mirror version of Turbo. Oh, yeah. Like, the, the music in this show doesn't, like, it is good, but it does not rock. It is clearly not Ron Wasserman, <laughs> like, for sure. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, no, it's a lot, it's a lot jazzier, it's a lot, it's a lot of chill jazz. Yeah, it's nice, it's just uh, unexpected. Right. Um, so they form RV Robo, um, which is cool, and I love him. It's a great robot, guys. I know we were talking in dude, the five stars it's about a- how there aren't a lot of giant robots that I don't like. But I feel like it's been a few episodes since I have said just how much I love the design of RV Robo. And I love that when it's he, really good. I love that when he shows up, it just says a big RV next to him. Yeah, like in laser um, letters in the sky. So, so they start to fight, and then we we drop down and we get. I man, I did not see this one coming. And Richie Hiker is standing next to Zizi Zeri, who is working again on a hand sewing machine, and he's like, "How's that jacket coming?" And he's got a he, because Zizi Zeri he's got a lot more fabric this hand, time, <laughs> way more fabric, which makes sense because he is making a jacket for Cyrender by hand on a human sized sewing machine, <laughs> and he says, "It's almost done." We just need to deliver it, and we'll use a rocket. And <laughs> we look over. I love the setup for this. Like Richie Hiker's, like, well, we're gonna need some. Clearly, we're gonna need some rockets to get that on the car. And then ZZ Zeri goes, "Well, I have some right here." And they just look to the left, and there is a <laughs> just full big rocket. rocket. It is like, and it's. It is not like this. Is not like a little toy. This is like a full-on Apollo Eleven. Yeah. This thing has like turbo thrusters, it's got stages, like yeah. So they they finish the jacket and they load it up and they are standing just so too close. <laughs> yeah. You would yeah. die. Oh, for sure. Um, and then then we get the most glorious thing I've ever seen, uh, which is Cy Render in like a giant oversized well, suit jacket. Dave, I feel like you're missing the crucial moment, which is we do see the scene. With the with oh, the yeah, rocket sorry. that just has the jacket like draped over it, just hanging off of it, just casually draped, fires oh, like so good. It, it was it was standing vertically on the ground. It shoots somehow horizontally at Cyrender <laughs> and then does not explode because it's not a missile, but also somehow doesn't crash. Just yeah, the moment it doesn't explode. The moment it makes contact with Cyrender. He is now wearing an enormous robot jacket. What could be better? I ask you. Now, I I have uh, two things about this big jacket. Um, 
three things. Number one, I love it so much. Uh, <laughs> I just want to get that out of the way. It is the greatest thing I've ever seen. In the Turbo episode, uh, Richie Hiker plays uh, the, the counterpart is uh, General Havoc, who has not shown up at this part. So you don't see Zary or, or Delicia and Evil, which isn't even a pun now that I say it. Like, it's like close to a pun like power rangers likes to do but it isn't actually anything uh-huh. um but you don't see her making the jacket because richie Hi- or you know Cap- general havoc would be right there and he doesn't show up for another couple episodes so they're just fighting robo racer or whatever the version of, Sur- of surrender is in uh in turbo and then just a rocket with a jacket comes in with no <laughs> preamble <laughs> It's there's it's so good. There's absolutely no reason to believe that they would need another jacket because you're it doesn't move independently. Someone is controlling and that person is already bejacketed. <laughs> so I don't know what the purpose of getting an even bigger jacket on it is, but it's the greatest double anger. See that so much. That anger. is the sort of magic. Like, I think that what I like about watching Sentai is that like. The people who make the show are just the people who have made the show. Like, they're not adapting it from something. So it's, yeah. it's allowed mm-hmm. to be its own thing. But it there are moments like that, that Power Rangers magic, where just, like, they have to work around something, and they do have footage of a jacket on a rocket that they have to use, because of course you yeah. have to use it. Because how else is the jacket going to get on there if you don't show the rocket putting it on? Right. How else would you put a jacket on a robot? You need the rocket. There's no other way. There's no other way. <laughs> I don't know. You could use a helicopter. You could No, it wouldn't work. You need a rocket. <laughs> so. <laughs> I guess a crane, maybe? <laughs> two, yeah, maybe so, two jets. <laughs> get the blue angels. Uh, so red um he's like man i gotta i gotta figure out what's going on so he he just sort of like hops out of rv robo and just sort of like swan dives into into surrender and he's trying to get through to signal man who is in like a sort of rage trance like he can't (laughs) He can't understand. He can't interact with the outside world. And Red's like, "Oh man, he's being controlled." Something. So he he tells the rest of the team this. Yeah, and uh, they they figure it out. They're like, "Oh, now that they put the big jacket on, he was wearing an ugly jacket like that too." I like that they still take the chance to dunk on the ugly jacket. I mean, it's very ugly. <laughs> it's a very bad jacket, and they're not going to miss their opportunity. I mean, he's already, he's almost at his peak anger. You're not going to lose a lot by, and he does say (laughs) that at some point. He's like, I am nearing my peak anger. And boy, (laughs) I wish I knew what my, like, okay, I guess I'm glad (laughs) that I don't, like, reach my peak anger. But I wish that in a moment that I was angry, I could just gauge the percentage of that anger. Right. Like, just off the cuff. Like, oh, man, I am 72% angry right now. (laughs) Um, man, I, dude, I deeply envy everybody at anime's capacity to quantify down to, like, the percentile exact anything they are experiencing yeah. at any moment all the time. Yeah, I, I, I love that because it, 
it does, first of all, it doesn't make any sense, but it doesn't need to. My favorite part is that, like, they know the limit. Like, they know, like, I am going, like, I'm not at my peak anger. So there's, like, a point where I'm, like, this is as angry as I could possibly be, and I know that. Right. Like, I'm, I'm aware of, right, but then they're always doing things like, I'll have to just go beyond. I'll have to go beyond, like, plus ultra. Plus ultra, yeah, I gotta do a one million like, percent <laughs> smash. It's <laughs> Right. It's so um, good. That's not how percents work. No, but he used a million percent of his energy once, and I cried like a baby. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's such a good moment. It was, it was oh so man. So I haven't I haven't read the manga, but I am uh, I am all caught up on the show. So I'm really looking forward to season four. Uh, season four is going to so, be buck wild. I can't wait. We can go back to power. I have now, or else I will talk about my hero academia forever. <laughs> Oh my gosh, uh, uh, I don't have time to do a different podcast. And I'm sure there's like a million podcasts about My Hero Academia. Anyways, so, um, and besides, if I'm going to do another podcast, it's got to be Family Matters. So, <laughs> he, so. Um, space at the end of that one. So I weird. know, it would be a good tie-in. So, uh, Natsumi and uh, Mitoru like hop down to deal with like the, the problem of the remote control. So they basically just like, show up they're like hey jerks and they blast the remote <laughs> control out of richie hiker's hand and then instead of like explode like it explodes a little bit and then it just sort of fades <laughs> into non-existence um and uh and then we we hop up and we see signal man has come to his senses and then zelmoda's in and then there's like there's this they all hop down and then there's a street level fight for like 30 seconds and Zelmoda's just like, oh, never mind, man, I'm out. Oh, too many <laughs> just, just super bad idea. Right before um, Red, who I don't know all their names, he's Kiyosuke, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay, right before he hops down, he's like, all right, uh, Signal Man, um, uh, Yoko and Natsumi are in there alone. Because um, I think at this point, um, Zeri has eaten the emo Yokon yes. and grown. And so, like, they're fighting, and, and so he's like, all right, Signal Man, you got to go help them. I'm going to go down on the ground and fight in this little fight down here. And he's like, gotcha. And I'm getting very angry, but this time it's my anger. <laughs> and then uh, uh, Sirender rips off both sleeves <laughs> and then the jacket. Man, I was really hoping for a moment that he was going to rip off both sleeves but and keep then leave the it. jacket and just be wearing like a I, big oh, man, sleeveless I... jacket. Oh, it would have been so good. Sadly, he does not. So, uh, Kosuke, Naoki, and Minoru down on the ground. They beat up Zelmoda for a second until he retreats. Then they hop back up into RV Robo. And now that, like, Signal Man is no longer being controlled and all five Rangers are in RV Robo, like, it is a bad day to be ZZ Zeri. Yeah. He's just a fashion designer. He's not meant for combat. He does have, like, a cool thing where he has, like, these long, like, bolts of fabric that he, like, throws and, like, wraps around you and then shoots electricity through them. Yeah. And that's cool. Yeah, that's a pretty rad. That's a, that's a very, very cool He, he also has, like, an um, eye beam that shoots a bunch of, like, square-shaped lasers, and I don't know what the deal is with that. I rewound it, like, three uh, times. I think there's... Are they supposed to be like plaid or like fabric fabric swatches <laughs> or something? He shoots plaid at you, the the most dangerous pattern. Um Yeah, so then that's I mean like that's basically it. Like he does an electric fabric attack. It's a pretty neat idea. It's not enough. 
Um, they just do Vulcan Spark and then Siren Vulcan, and then they hit it with a giant sword, and that's it. Yeah. yeah. So he's he's dead. Um, weep for him. Weep for his memory. Uh, Richie Hiker runs away because it is a bad place for him to be. Um, and we go back to the ground where uh, Signal Man is like, guys, I'm super sorry. Like, oh, because at this point, like the, the the, I think the Car Rangers have untransformed, so they are back in their civilian persona. And Signal Man yeah. catches up to him. Is like, guys, I wasn't myself before. I'm really sorry about all that. Um, you're just private citizens. You don't need to have this sort of trouble brought on you. Yeah. <laughs> And they say, no, man, it's cool. Like, don't worry about it. We totally understand. In fact, we're all getting kind of hungry. How about you come join us at our uh, at our barbecue, which we had to leave earlier because of all this crap. Signal Man says, great, love barbecue. I don't know how he's going to eat it, but he does. I'm a robot without a mouth, but I love some barbecue. <laughs> and <laughs> then we, uh, so we go back to Barbarian, and President Gunn was like, hey, Richie Hiker. I heard you invited Zanette. He doesn't sound like this. It's like, I heard you invited Zanette to a hot spring. And like, we all think it's about to go down. And Richard is like, well, I, uh, you know, why do you ask? And Gaino was like, would you take me to a hot spring? And then everyone in the bar is like, like, yes, take us to the hot spring, Richie Hiker. Yeah. Like, this is, this turns out not to be jealousy, but in fact, like, an enormous case of intergalactic FOMO. <laughs> Extremely good. Um, yeah. Uh, I and love then the Bozos, you guys. They're great. Yeah, man. They seem they real fun. Are, yeah, they are, they are rapidly, rapidly. Is Dynamo's great. tongue still so, upsetting? Yes. Is Zelmoda's face still upsetting? Of course. But you've got to look past the that Zelmoda's everything heart. is upsetting. They're horrible, reckless <laughs> hearts. Uh, is... is um, I don't know his his title. What's his name? Grotch. Does he have maybe the grossest name in Power Rangers Probably. history? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's it does sound yeah. icky. The um, inventor Grotch. Inventor Grotch. I also realize he's a clutch today. Oh yeah. So that's he's a, thing. a what? He's a clutch, like for a standard transmission. Oh, is he? Yeah, I used to sandblast them, and I only looked at him like, you know, 40 times every time I watched an episode of Turbo, and today's the day I realized that. I mean, also, most of them are named after, most of them are named after, uh, like, car parts, you know? Like, Zanet is named after a bonnet, which is a hood, I think, or a trunk. It's a hood. Or the trunk, (laughs) one or the other. Dynamo was named after a dynamo. Uh, Richie Hiker is named, obviously, as, as after a hitchhiker. Hitchhiker. Uh, we've never really gone over these in detail, but it is true. They've all got some sort of, like, all of the main ones have some sort of weird car-themed name. Which makes sense, because they're weird car-themed monsters. Yeah. So they made them all uh, pirates in uh, in Turbo. I mean... Yeah, I mean, it kind of works, right? They have a similar vibe. Yeah. They live in a submarine in a lake. Well, that's different. So, you know, that's, you know, like some pirates do. So they don't have, like, their own, like, car moon that, like, circles around the Earth? So, uh, back on Earth, we have one last scene where they are at the barbecue and Signal Man... Signal Man, I think, is asking for, like, more spicy stuff to be put on his plate. 
And then they do, and then he's about to take a bite, and then the camera cuts away as everyone, like, braces for impact when he eats way too much spicy food. And that... Yeah. I don't know exactly what he's eating. It looks pink. It looks kind of like kimchi, but that is a it's, Korean yeah, food. It's and I definitely not. I'm not really... So I don't think it's that. You can get kimchi know, in they, Japan, they, but it's not as good, according to our sister. He just, he, he just called it the red stuff, so, like... I have no idea what it is. Uh, but okay, whatever. It's, that's what he eats. And then the episode, that episode is over. But guys, this episode is not yet over. Because first, we need to determine where Zizi Zeri f- falls within the Creature Royale. So the Creature Royale now is up to 150. Wow. Four, five, six, seven. 157 monsters? Yeah. At, that is at a the lot. top of the list, of course, we have Jin the Demon Fist, followed by the uh, the Three Stooges, and then Bower Revenger. Uh, to round out our top five, the bottom of the list are all people who suck real bad. <laughs> where, where, where are we looking for ZZ Zary, Dave? What are you thinking? Well, Matt, I will say that Fashion Dimension is slot number 33. Okay, Fashion Dimension slot number 33. Now, so that, I I would say, is probably a hard ceiling. Yeah, because as much as I like ZZ Zeri and the jacket, the anchor jackets are good, at no point does he dress someone up as a deadly female sniper who never misses her mark. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so... And while Zizi Zeri has a sewing machine, Fashion Dimension is an evil sewing machine. Yeah, with scissor hands and a pincushion arm. So that's all amazing. So yeah, I don't think I don't think Zizi Zeri is up there. I think really what we should be looking at is other maybe mind control monsters. Okay. What other mind control monsters can you recall off the top of your head? Who is it that turns people into um, evil ant people? Oh, that's Ant Bazooka. That's number 63. Yeah. So that's he's kind of a mind control monster. Now, Ant Bazooka was a... He's high on the list, but in sort of a weird way. Because Ant Bazooka himself was kind of a nothing. But yeah. he did turn people into ant people... And then when they were ant people, those ant people did eat like an entire herd of cattle. But that yeah. was also the episode that introduced uh, the, where where uh, uh, Tran turned into Tranza. Yeah. So Ooh. he he got a lot of sort of like like splashover points for that right. for being man. In that let episode. me jump. Let me jump in here. So spot one hundred and three is Diamond Dimension, and spot one hundred and five is Itan Momen, the Rag Strangler. So I feel like we've got a, like, make people crazy and a fabric-oriented monster in, like, pretty close proximity. I feel like that's probably a pretty good way to start. Pretty good spot to uh, to start out there. Okay, yeah. Now, listen, if we... I feel like, genuinely, if I could rate the concept of a robot-sized jacket being, like, launched via rocket towards Cyrender, it would go really high in the list. But unfortunately, what we're actually ranking is ZZ Zeri, who is fine. 
Right. So, so I would say, like, I don't think we can put him as high as, as Diamond Dimension or actually Ichan Momon, the extraordinarily petty rag, uh, rag strangler. Well, what's I right? Do... What's right under Itan Momon, the Rag Strangler? We've got uh... is uh, Nupefuhofu, which oh, is the face licker. He's the guy who licked we... people's faces and then their faces came Ooh. off. Yeah, and then he like put them in a, a face gallery, and then right into that is Mujin of the Manga Artist, and below that is Imagine Robo Veronica. And Imagine Robo am... Veronica is a good look, but certainly not as like did not have as much of an impact as I think. Like in the in like the plot of the show, um, Imagine Robo Veronica was like an important episode because that was yeah somebody's like big evil robot at the end of the series. But that was just a big evil robot. Uh, they did not have anger jackets. Now the manga artist was also kind of a shapeshifter because he would like paint himself into being different monsters. Yeah. No, I think I would say below Mujin of the Manga Artist, but above Majin Robo Veronica. I think that's a, a pretty fair spot. It's about two thirds down, but it is a top heavy list. Yeah. And uh, you don't start to get to the like actual bad stuff until a good deal lower than that. So he comes in at new number 108. All right. Lucky number 108. Now, just gut reaction, if you were to put the big evil jacket on the list, where would it go? Oh, man. Oh, man. Big, evil, big jacket? evil jacket, I think, would have to go go a whole lot higher. Well, okay. No, let's let's actually talk about this for a second. Okay. <laughs> hold up. Hold up. Hold up. I think, what about snake armor? Snake armor slot number 94. Oh, yeah. Actually, that's that's kind of perfect. Yeah. So, I think by, uh, definitely better than snake armor. Because it's very similar to Snake Armor, except that it's huge and plaid. Yeah, so obviously... <laughs> and very ugly. And very, very ugly. Um, so, uh, slot number 89 is Bar of Clothes. Uh, and I don't... That is the Silkworm, and that's the episode where Jury goes, like, straight, like, Predator-style. She's, like, ruining dudes in, like, a headband and a, in a bathing suit. Oh, that so was I an don't extremely good episode. Is, yeah, I don't think the jacket is as good as that. So that would put the jacket at slot number ninety. Okay, right above a good a, a good showing for a respectable a big jacket. Right above Barra Vanish, and above one of the two. Are you putting it in a separate column? Yeah, I did. <laughs> a giant evil plaid jacket comes in at next column. The the mirror universe number ninety. <laughs> Uh, and that, that is finally going to do it for this, the 17th episode of License to Car Ranger. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all that you can email the show at SuperSentaiBrothers at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to get any updates on future episodes or check out the things we're talking about on Twitter, we are at SuperSentaiBros. If you like the show, please remember that shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you find the show. That theoretically, directs more people to listen to this show, which is great for everyone. Uh, the Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. To listen to any of the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, you can do that all at RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com. Jake, 
Thank you so much for joining us. Um, if people yeah, would like thanks. to find Thank you, for having you me. and your things on the internet, how can they do that? The easiest place to do that is uh, what Chris Sims calls the bad website. I'm on Twitter at JJ underscore Mason. Um, I do. I mean, it is pretty bad. I just do want to say that there is a worse website, and that is Facebook. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> um, the si- you know, there's a lot of people got rid of their Facebooks and still are begrudgingly on Twitter. <laughs> so, you know, we're. It's not a lot better, but um, every yeah, little bit uh, helps. So I'm on Twitter at JJ, right? In this day and age, um, I got too many podcasts. Uh, I have a podcast uh, about Power Rangers called The Morphin Grid, um, and then I do a lot of other stuff. If uh, if you want to know what they are, if you're interested in Kingdom Hearts or Pokemon, I do a podcast with Matt about James Bond called Spectre, um, and a, just a ton of other stuff. Uh, you can ask me on Twitter. Right on. Uh, and I recommend that you, if you are going to go on Twitter, that that is one of the things that you do there. <laughs> uh, anyway, thank you for joining us, friends. Once again, we we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on Earth.